Hello everyone and welcome to Always Choose Orange. A few things up top before we get into this week's episode. Um, the first, thank you so much for everybody who's been checking out the last six weeks of episodes and sending me texts about what your favorite parts are um, or which pieces of which conversations have been standing out to you. I really love hearing those things and I've been getting a lot out of the conversations and so it's really reassuring and rewarding for other people to be getting stuff out of it too. If you haven't already, um, if you're a Spotify or Apple user, leave a five-star review for the podcast. To be honest with you, I don't know how much that helps out or not, but it, at the very least, it makes me feel good. So go ahead and do that if you haven't already. And if there's any episodes that stand out to you, share them with a friend. I really am not super fond of social media, so it, I would love for uh, the podcast to just spread through uh, word of mouth. So if you find value in any of the episodes and you have a friend who, you, who you're thinking maybe they would appreciate some of the insights in this, send it to them. Um, really means a lot and just want to get these conversations in front of as many people as possible because uh, like I said, I'm getting a lot out of them and so I know there's some nuggets in here for, for everyone. So moving into this week's episode, I had the pleasure of talking with Hunter Morris, who's a lifestyle photographer out of the Panama City Beach, Florida area. Um, Hunter and I got put in touch because um, my wife Jackie is a photographer here in North Dakota, and she's constantly meeting new people and checking out new photographers on Instagram. And so she came across Hunter's work, and then he had a... Um, I don't know exactly what to call it, whether it was a webinar or a training or a piece of education, but it was an hour-long session where he talked about sort of the fusion of um, faith and business. I guess that's like a simple way of talking about it, but how to use your business, um, I guess, as like a form of, of worship to God. So that was just a really fascinating thing. And so Jackie had signed up for that, and we were on... Uh, road trip with our kids going down to Bismarck and she put it on in the car while we were driving down and so I got to hear Hunter tell a lot about his business, his photography and his relationship with God and what all those things mixed together looks like and it was a really cool session and afterwards I was just thinking to myself I really want to uh, really want to talk to him so I reached out and uh, this conversation happened so it's been really cool getting to know Hunter over the last couple weeks and uh, we talk about a bunch of stuff. We talk about um, how he never expected to be a photographer, how that sort of came to him. We talk about how he prepares for photo shoots and the impact he sees uh, his work having on people. But we also talk about um, really his testimony and how um, he had an encounter with Jesus in college that led him out of drugs and alcohol and partying and into just a new level of fulfillment in his life. And so, uh, yeah, check it out. Um, really powerful, uplifting conversation and uh, hope you enjoy it. curious about how you first stumbled into photography and if that's something that you were always interested in or if or if that's a newer development or yeah I'd love to hear about yeah. that yeah dude yeah so that's that's a great uh, great question um so I never 
thought about photography ever in my life uh, was not ever like just picking up a camera and just like, oh, yeah, I cannot wait until I do. For I just was not thinking that, dude. I just was um, honestly, I always enjoyed like just sharing the love of Jesus. I enjoyed missions like I, that's what I enjoyed doing. And uh, that's what I was doing. I was in South Africa. I was in Brazil. Um, and there was a certain point in my life where I came back here to the States for a period of time. And um, the Lord asked me to get a nine to five job. And I'm like, uh, man, Lord, all right. Like this isn't the mission field I thought I was going to be in, uh, but it was super great. He taught me so much about uh, just his nature and really grew me um, in his character in those spaces. Um, and so it was really, really sweet. And so uh, I actually just, uh, was working there for a bit. My cousin, um, who is a photographer, um, really, really awesome guy. And he does product photography. Uh, he was over at my parents' house and he had his Canon R series and, um, him and my brother were fishing down by the dock. And I was like, Hey, can I, can I shoot around? He's like, yeah, sure. So I just grabbed his camera and just started shooting around and I didn't think anything of it. He looked at the images and he's like, dude, these are really good. I was like, okay, cool. Like whatever. And then my wife saw them and my wife said something that, um, I don't normally hear my wife say, so I knew it was the Lord, but I could hear the Lord's voice in it. And, uh, she said, hunt, you really need to think about doing this. And up until that point, I didn't even consider it to me. It was just something like I wasn't fishing. So I just took the camera and like took pictures of them. I just thought it was fun. But, um, it was something really I just kind of stepped into. I was like, oh, okay. So we really brought it before the Lord. And um, up into this moment, uh, I was working at this, you know, nine to five job, made manager, so on and so forth, was helping facilitate uh, this this uh, retail shop. Um, and we only had one vehicle. Uh, my wife was dropping me off at work every morning. And we're just praying, just saving up money. It's just like, Oh, we really want to have a second vehicle. And so we got to this place where God asked us to do photography and we're just like, God, I I've never done photography. I've never been to school for photography. I don't know nothing. Uh, I don't even know the business. I don't know nothing. And it was one of those things where the Lord really made it clear in our hearts that this is what he wanted us to do. So we just said, okay, Lord, we believe this is you. We believe this is your voice and we are stepping out. And so we spent our savings on what we would have spent for a second vehicle. We spent that on the photography, um, equipment. Yeah. And, and I mean, even my equipment today, like, um, I was, I did two photo shoots this afternoon. I mean, even my equipment today is like 10 grand, you know, just the camera and the lenses, like it's pretty wild, man. So it's just, it's, it's a lot, but that was a big leap for us. And we're just like, man, okay, God, this is what you're asking us to do. We're going to say yes. And so um, our big thing was we've already said yes to you with our lives. So we're just saying yes. Um, I remember hearing at that time, Bill Johnson said, when I, uh, when I came to the Lord and I said yes to him, I was signing the bottom of a blank contract and the Lord's been filling it out ever since. And I just thought that was so profoundly simple and beautiful, great imagery. Uh, but that's really what we're doing. We're like, we've already said yes to you with our lives. We're just going to say yes to you again. So we started doing that and had no idea where to start. But all of a sudden um, in my workplace, um, 
the Lord would put certain people on my heart and highlight people. And uh, I remember the first family uh, that I saw and um, I was just talking to them, just a normal conversation. And I just felt this, um, this little thought right through my heart, something I wasn't already thinking um, right through my heart and just said, do their pictures. And uh, I, I was just asking, I say, Hey, uh, I, I'm new to photography. Uh, do you mind if I do your, your, like do a session for you guys? And they just like almost bust out into tears. They're just like, what is going on? They said, our photographer canceled on us last minute. And <laughs> we were wanting family photos. We love that. And I'm like, oh, great, cool. Like, yeah, I'd love to do it. And so just started doing it. And it really began that way where I was just, and still very much that way, just being led by God's spirit and him just impressing on my heart and highlighting people and just, Hey, just do this. It's little simple acts of obedience. Um, and it, it, it's, it doesn't seem like in the moment, it didn't seem like huge things were happening, but now looking back, I'm like, those were paramount moments. Those were huge, huge moments in our lives. And so, uh, we said yes. And, and like, just started doing that within two to three minutes. I'll just fast forward within two to three months. Um, what we would make in a year salary we made in two to three months. And it was just crazy. We had um, shot two to three covers. I'm trying to remember two to three covers of front page uh, magazines. Like it was wild, man. And I'm just like, what's going on? First year of business, we had a hundred clients. Second year of business, we, we had 300. And it was just like, I mean, just, it felt like we were just on this ride. Still feel like we're on this ride of like, man, this is, this is something God really has his hand in. But I, I'll tell you, Alex, I don't feel like, um, I don't feel like I was God's first choice. I feel like God was really going down the line and asking photographers, um, if they would represent him in this way. And I feel like I was just on the bottom of the list. God just found somebody who never did photography, never thought about it, didn't have a dream about it. Nothing like, and he just found somebody that was just going to say yes to him. So here we are, bro. Here we are. Yes. <laughs> it's, awesome. it's, it's pretty amazing, man. And we've been able to see amazing things, man. People encountering Jesus. Um, I just have countless stories and testimonies uh, of people who've walked away from Christ, like really like getting touched by the love of Jesus. I've seen people physically healed in the middle of a photo shoot. And I mean, dude, it's, it's unreal because he he's really not confined to four walls, man. He's like his spirit, the Holy spirit lives inside of you and I so that he can manifest himself and reveal Jesus to the earth so that the world knows that he really is who he says he is. And he really is God. Like, and I love that. That's what Jesus says. He says, by this, they talking about the world will know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. And so, man, when we walk in that selflessness, when we walk in love, just as Christ loved, um, like Ephesians five talks about, man, um, the world just sees Christ in a way that is like, okay, um, what they have has to be real because I just see the tangible Jesus inside of them. Like, and I want whatever you have. Yeah, so it's it's really really sweet, man. I'm I love it. I love what I get to do. That's amazing. Wait, yeah, way to way to step out and do that. When you first started, uh, or like, uh, let me phrase this question differently. What for you? Because this is a question that I've 
wrestled with throughout my life and I would imagine lots of other people do. So when you get a clear call of, you know, and I'm kind of asking about you personally, not necessarily saying yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. for everybody, but when you get a clear call like that, like Hunter, go do photography and do it in a way that, you know, shows people God, um, how much do you say, okay, I'm going to surrender and just trust that it's all going to work out. And then how much do you say, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to follow. Now I need to learn all this stuff and mm. get certain equipment, right? Like what was the balance between stepping out and just having the blind faith? And then kind of what is the role of your preparation? And yeah. I'm super curious. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, that's a great point uh, because some people can just think, you know, I just said yes. And then like, just jumped into it and just took a random camera and started taking pictures. Right. No, I, I believe God really wants us to do things with excellence. And um, as a Christian and as a believer, I feel like that's sometimes where we're lacking is we just ask God to bless our subpar work. And then, you know, it, then people cringe when they see our stuff and they're like, Oh, like this isn't super great. You know? So it's, it's just one of those things, man. Um, For me, my, what I did um, is I really studied uh, photography. So I knew God called us into it. Um, but I looked at what is the best camera of, you know, 20, when was it like 2020 uh, or 2021, you know, what, what was the best camera for then? So, you know, just looking at different stuff, looking at how to I literally Googled how to start uh, a photography business, <laughs> literally, dude, I did not have a crate. Like I didn't, I literally just followed along and just found these different stuff and kind of just asked God to, you know, lead me along the way. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, I just started with one thing and, and on to the next, but I think sometimes we can get overly focused because, um, you can be to a point where you're so studying out everything that it actually, prevents you from following what God told you to do in the first place. Hmm. So you can, it can be the other spectrum where you're so overcomplicating it that you don't just simply step out. Right. So you can so study this that you're like, Oh, I just don't think I'm equipped yet. I don't think, no, like do, do your homework, do what you need to do to do this with excellence where like it's really done well and reveals Christ really well and step out and do it. Uh, man. Cause he, he, he loves for us to really re rely upon him and depend upon him like a child. And, and that's really what it's like being with him. It's just like, man, dad, you're amazing. I don't even know what like I'm doing a lot of times, but he, he's awesome. He, he'll show you, he'll bring different people into your life to show you different aspects of the business. Something that I did as well as I did um, a photography mentorship with someone because I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I need help. Um, and so I learned from other people too, other believers that were doing this. Um, and along the way, the Lord just crafted me. And I, two, it's part of like, you know, working at your craft. I think sometimes um, people forget that Jesus was a carpenter. Uh, and, and um, you know, in the word we have up into this point, you know, Jesus is a man. We don't hear about his father anymore. So some theologians believe his father passed away. So Jesus is the man of the house. He's providing for his, his family, his mother, his brothers and sisters. And so um, Jesus is running a carpentry business. 
And I'm, I'm guaranteed. And that's how I run my business is I look to Jesus. Like for me, the way that I run my business now um, in this process of, you know, crafting and getting all the stuff together. Now it's really about the perspective. Um, I treat every client as though it's Jesus himself inquiring to do a photo shoot with me. Uh, the word says, in all that you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Um, and so I really take that serious. Um, and I think about the way that Jesus would run his business, the way he would run his carpentry business. Uh, and I'm telling you, he would do it with excellence. I'm telling you, Jesus would not make uh, a crooked you know, table. He wouldn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it would just be finished perfectly. You know, like everything was took his time. He took his time. He made sure it was done really, really well because he cares about us. And so it's, it's genuinely having that same perspective of doing things with excellence, um, but also just simply stepping out in obedience and saying, Hey, I don't know all the answers, but I'm just trusting you along the way, but I'm going to work at it and make sure that I do it really, really well to the best that I know how right now. Yeah, that's great. When you get those tiny promptings, whether it's like the larger prompting of I'm supposed to go do photography or the smaller prompting of, well, smaller in quotation marks of yeah, perce- yeah, yeah. <laughs> perceived smallness might not be smaller in importance, but um, right. those, those little promptings, um, how do you know, or let me rephrase that. How do you, how do you determine whether that's a thought Hunter is having or whether yep. something that you believe is coming from God? Yeah. Great question, Alex. Great question. Um, dude, I would say for me, um, it all, and I will say this for not just myself, I, I should say it should, it's really for everyone. Um, the basis for how we hear God should be his word period. Um, so there was a period of time. So I grew up where I had only heard the name Holy spirit, maybe twice in 21 years of going to church. Right. So I had no grid. I had an encounter with Jesus. He spoke to my heart. He, he was saying things that I had never even thought. Of. I thought God hated me, wanted nothing to do with me. He wrecked my life, man. And was just revealing how much he loved me. Overwhelmed me. I didn't even know God could speak today. I was told God doesn't even speak today. We just have his word and just hold on tight until he comes. Um, so that's basically the, the mentality, but what's beautiful is I started stepping out and just trying to hear God. But for a period of time, I did it without his word. And I realized uh, along the way that I was um, trying to connect with God without actually getting to know him. His word is beautiful because he is his word. Um, like, you know, I have my, I have my Bible right here. Uh, in John one, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Um, and this is not just a book. It's, it's a, it's a person. So like whenever I'm reading, I don't read to get to know a book. I read to get to know him. Right. And, um, that's something the Lord spoke to me and, he said that he said, Hunter, you don't read the book to know the book. You read the book to know me. And it's not about how much you read. It's about me revealing myself to you in what you read. Um, And that was so freeing because I felt like, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta study up on all this. And obviously this ties in with how I hear God because Jesus says, 
my sheep hear my voice and a stranger's they will not follow. So when I get to know Jesus and I really get to know him in his word, when I came off of drugs, Alex, for five years, all I did is I studied the life of Jesus for five years. I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's all I read. I'd, I'd occasionally go to like Proverbs or, or, you know, Psalms or anything like that. But I just stayed in the gospels because I didn't know the Lord. I grew up in church, never knew the Lord. And so um, it was beautiful. So I just started getting to know him, spending time with him and just even throughout the day talking to him. Um, and that's really where I began to hear him uh, speak to me about things or just highlight people to me. And sometimes he'd highlight people to me and I didn't even have anything to say. I just start talking to him and have a conversation with him. And what I was reading that day, you know, like they were talking to me about something and what I was reading today was like this beautiful answer to like what they were dealing with or anything. It was just, is beautiful. So it, everything for me uh, and what I would encourage anybody else, it always has to begin in God's word. Um, and so when I know him, I know his voice. Um, like I know that God's never going to speak to me and say, man, I can't believe you missed it again. Like, oh man, I like, you're just, you're just not getting it. Like, I know that that's not God's voice. Uh, and I know a lot of us have probably heard that voice. And so it's really, it's really difficult to, to, to distinguish a lie from the truth if you don't actually know the truth. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So <clears throat> if we don't fill our hearts with truth, we're not ever going to distinguish lies. It, it, so it wor really works both ways. It'd be, for example, um, it'd be like if you came to my to my town, to my city, and you asked me where the nearest gas station is. And I would just told you, oh, go down a mile and take a left and there's a gas station. Well, you've never been to my city. You don't know anything about my city. And I just told you, and you're literally just trusting whatever you heard to, to go there. And you can go there and there not be a gas station, right? But it, it's, it's the importance of knowing the word, just like you would need to know my, like, know my area, know the area that you're in so that you know how to navigate. And so same thing in, in life. I need to know the truth so that I know how to be led by him. Because if I don't, if I'm not hearing from him um, and I'm not really filling my heart with truth and being in relationship with him every day, just this ongoing conversation with him, really what life becomes is uh, a grind where I'm army crawling through life and just trying to make it to the other side. Yeah. And that's nobody enjoys, nobody enjoys no. that. <laughs> no, it's, it's true, man. But yeah, I, so I don't know. I just, that's my own personal way of just hearing God um, is ultimately like, there's so many different ways, man. Like, and I don't want to just try to create a formula around, um, you know, like, Oh, you can hear God if you do X, Y, and Z. It's really first through relationship with his word. Um, you know, he says that he's, he's, he's in, I mean, I love Job. I was reading Job even today. I mean, he's in the wind. He's in, he's in all of creation, all of creation. Like it's all made through him. And so he's, God will speak to you through creation. God will speak to you through so many different aspects, so many different things. Um, but it always has to come back to the word. It always has to come back to Jesus. And if it doesn't align with the person 
nature and character of Christ, it's not him. Like it, not even the Lord. I've heard people just take scriptures of what they think and just combine them together and it not even align with the person of Jesus. And it's interesting that we can do that, but we just have to make sure that everything's from a pure motive. Um, I don't know why, but I'm just this sense in my heart uh, just to kind of address it, Alex, like, you know, sometimes we go before the Lord and we're asking him questions. And I feel like maybe there might be some of us that are listening they're like, well, I've been asking the Lord a question and I haven't really heard the answer, or maybe I think I've heard an answer, but I'm kind of wrestling with it. Um, and I think that's very real for a lot of us, but something that I've learned along the way is whenever I'm spending time with the Lord and I'm asking him a question, um, I don't like, I'll give him space and room to answer that. But if I don't hear that, uh, or hear an answer, um, you know, or get this sense in my heart, uh, about what to do, then I'm not really gonna just linger there. Um, and I, I know that might sound weird, but I, I don't, I just, I'm just like, you know what, you're my father, you love me. And you'll just tell me at the right time that I need to know it. And I'm going to just continue being in relationship with you, continue loving you. And I, I just want to continue loving the people right in front of me. And so, you don't really get bogged down by it. I, I used to get really, really bogged down. And so I'd, I'd go into the secret place and I'd come out worse than when I first went in, you know, so excited to be with God. And then I came out like, man, I'm really discouraged, you know, and it's like, because we didn't get the answer we thought. Um, and sometimes our mind, right? Like our mind can get engaged where we're just like, ooh, like this is a good idea. This is, Like we're asking God about something, but then our minds get engaged and just like, Oh, this would, this could be a good idea instead of just like just sitting and getting this sense about what to do. Um, really for me, Alex, a lot of times when I'm not thinking about that question is when I get the answer, <laughs> when I'm just thinking about him and just talking to him or just singing to him or whatever, when I'm in the car, sometimes he just like speaks to me in those moments. And I think it's, I think it's beautiful because he, because my focus is on him. My focus isn't on just getting an answer from him. Like he's some vending machine or genie grant, granting my wishes. He he's really after our hearts and he, I really believe he really wants us to build genuine relationship with him and not just this, you know, I've, I've been good God and I, I need an answer, you know, not that type of mentality. He wants a genuine father, son, father, daughter relationship. Yeah. It's that genuine time. When when we were talking on the phone the other day, um, you were mentioning that like earlier in your life, you tried a bunch of things, you know, you described it, mm. I think it was like in your own strength and you were talking about how those things failed versus photography, you know, which you stepped out without, you know, the physical skill set probably. And then that was sort of, <laughs> sort of built, you know, to yeah. up. I was curious if you're yeah willing to share a little bit of um, what that experience was like earlier in life of, of trying yeah. to sort of grind and make things work and make these businesses work versus, you know, how it is now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, man, I think for me, it was, it's kind of what I was just sharing too. Um, like I've had great ideas, <laughs> quotation marks, yeah, yeah. great ideas, um, and great ideas can be really exciting but 
um, if it's not God placing it on your heart, um, and if it's not him kind of directing you and leading you, like if he's not the one leading it, um, it's, it's just no, it's just no bueno. Um, I love this. I'm, can I, can I read something real quick Yeah. from the word? Dude, this is so good because this, this helped me a lot. Um, sorry, I'm flipping that real quick. Uh, this is, uh, Psalms 127. Um, verses one and two, and it's just really, really beautiful. But it says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he, talking about the Lord, gives his beloved sleep. Um, and so it was just this beautiful thing of, where the Lord's just emphasizing, Hey, listen, if you're trying to do things and obtain things outside of me, ultimately it's going to be uh, unsuccessful in the sense that it's not going to be truly fulfilling. Um, you can make a lot of money. Uh, and I did that earlier on in my life. So I had a, a landscaping business um, and, you know, did lawn care and all that and, you know, made, made a good, good bit of money. Um, but yeah, I just, I, the money that I was getting, I wasn't thinking anything about Jesus. I was thinking, how can I make more money? Uh, what do I have to do to make more money? And so the, the mentality was just around money and it wasn't really being led by the Lord. Um, and ultimately ended up just like, you know, zeroing out the bank account, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like all gone. And, and really it was great because my, my life started to be shaped into this mentality that I needed all this stuff. Hmm. And I found out at an earlier age, um, that man, like all that stuff is a zero, you know, I was 15 when I first started that company and dude made money, spent money on a bunch of stupid stuff. I mean, I like bought new J's, had nice watches, you know, bought cars. I bought, you know, my third, you know, by the time it was my third car at 18, the 2010 Mustang GT paid for it cash, you know, like did all this stuff, you know, and then I got into drugs and then I was sleeping around like all this stuff. And I just found out at an earlier age that that stuff is a zero. Like the stuff that you pursue outside of relationship with God, it's a zero, man. It like it leaves you more empty because you can like you can make money, but you're gonna spend it and you need to make more, right? Like you can people do drugs. Whenever I did drugs, I needed more drugs. You know, it's so there's always this gaping hole that you're trying to fulfill your life. But man, like Jesus is the only one that actually fulfills your life. He's the only one that actually satisfies you uh, and, and really like fulfills you as a person. Um, and it's him not only dying and forgiving us of sins, yes, but it's so that he reconnects us back to the father. You know, the word says that God was in the man, Jesus Christ, reconciling the world back to himself. So the whole goal of why Jesus came and died 
is to forgive us of sins, but it's to genuinely re- recon- uh, reconcile us and reconnect us back to the Father. And so, man, that was just um, really beautiful for me to understand that, you know, uh, there's nobody better to say it than Jesus. Jesus literally says, you know, if you gain this world, like if you if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. He says, but if you find your life, like you're not here. I'm going to read it real quick because I'd rather just read it than just try to quote it. But Jesus, oh yeah, it's so good, so good. I'm trying to remember exactly. <laughs> Sorry, is this okay that I'm like just opening a mobile one, just getting yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, go for it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find it real quick. But yeah, where Jesus talks about, um, you know, if you, if you, if, what can a man profit if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Like, man, like you can gain everything in this world yet lose your soul. Like, just gaining money or just having this or that like stuff doesn't matter and it doesn't mean that like we don't have stuff right like i have a car to take my kids you know around to like david busters or something you know like um so it doesn't mean i don't have stuff it just means that that stuff isn't as valuable to me as relationship with jesus if that makes sense 100 percent, and it like eliminates that sort of using stuff as that bridge from okay i'm here in this like sad miserable spot and then i'm going to use this stuff and then i'm going to feel good yeah it's like yeah like you were saying the problem is is okay if if food's the thing okay you eat food well you're gonna have to eat food again i've never found a food where you eat it once and all of a sudden you're fulfilled for the rest of your life and the same goes for pretty much not pretty much for everything that we it's true it's true it's true and and dude alex that's what i found about other religions and belief systems and my own journey of like searching to know the truth um i found that all other religions and belief systems they all offer reward for good behavior it's all it's all external it's all reward based you be good here you get rewarded later Jesus is the only one that ever actually offers relationship with God. Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius, like Hinduism, nobody else offers relationship with God. And what I felt like the Lord emphasized to me um, was, was this. The reason why no other belief system, no other religion offers relationship with God is because you can't ever offer what you don't have. Like you can't offer, um, you can't offer me a ride home if you don't have a car, right? Like it, you, you're not gonna do it. Jesus is the only one that says, "I am the way, the truth, and life," and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so that was just super simple, super significant in my life, just to be like, "Huh, okay, yeah." Like he's the only one that actually is able to reconnect us to the Father. And anytime that I think that I can find him 
um, through something else or even through myself. Um, I was talking to a couple about that even tonight, like, man, the very fact that we have like a need in our lives, like, man, I need this or I need that. It's a really good indicator that you are not the solution or answer to that need. Because if you were in, if, if you could fulfill yourself, like I've talked to people in different belief systems that believe they can just uh, find, you know, pull strength from within themselves and be more enlightened and all these things. The issue with that is this, if you could fulfill yourself, you would never be in need in the first place. And it's just that simple. Like it's not, it's, it's not, it's not hard. It's not rocket science. It's, it's very, very simple. And so I just found that in, in my walk with the Lord, it's just like, man, I really need relationship with Jesus. And I really need him to transform me and change my life. And that's where true transformation happens. And um, I love the body of Christ and we need the body of Christ to encourage one another, stir each other on in love and good works, like the word says. Um, but where you really get changed is through the secret place, being with the Lord day in, day out, just spending time with him in relationship with him, just talking with him, getting up in the morning, talking to him, in the shower, brushing your teeth in the car, wherever, like you're just this ongoing conversation with the Lord. Um and again, taking his word, which is the truth and filling it, filling your heart with the truth uh, so that you can combat lies, any, any lies of the enemy. And so it's really sweet because whenever we do that, um, that's when we really become more conscious, more aware of the Lord. Um, and we start seeing things like he sees them. Um, and then when we start seeing things like the Lord sees them, we start living how he's created us to live. And it's really sweet. And that affects not only your your personal life, your home life, your business, everything. And I know you were talking about, you know, the mistakes I made. The mistakes I made were because I weren't I wasn't living in relationship with the Lord. I wasn't living in covenant. I wasn't listening for the spirit of God. I was just doing what I thought was a good idea. But even what God asked us to do to, you know, to do photography. Yeah, it was great. But then God asked us in the lowest season like hmm. nobody this is a where i live in panama city beach it's a tourist you know tourist town people come here during the spring and the summer fall in the winter god asked my wife and i to step away from my salary job yeah i pursue photography full-time and i'm like this is not good business like this is not business smart but we said yes again and when we said yes i'm telling you man god provided the whole way too crazy. I mean, at one point I had my college that I went to, um, they called me and said, Mr. Morris, we've been trying to get up with you since 2016. We've got a $5,000 check here for the classes you didn't take. And I'm like, yeah. they had the wrong address. And they finally like got up with me when we said yes. And we're wow. stepping away. Dude, is that nuts? I'm telling you. So God's, God's really not interested in us. I should say he, he's really, he's really after us just being like children. Um, not, not childish, but childlike. <laughs> Let's make that difference. Not throwing temper tantrums, but genuinely like dependent upon their father and just like, yeah, dad, wherever you want to go. Like my kids, I'm like, Hey guys, we're going to go here. Okay. That's awesome. They all load up in the van. We're ready to go. 
I've, I don't know why, man, but it's just that simple to me. And I feel like it should be that simple to us. We're just like, all right, dad, where do you want to go? Cool. Yeah, let's go. And no matter where it is, it's like that awe and that wonder is present. Yes. Of, you know, you're looking out the window, you're seeing all the stuff passing by and just excited yeah. about it, regardless of what it looks like. That's it. That's it. And it might not seem super significant to you, but it's profoundly significant um, because it's his plan. Um, I can remember times when I've just told people on the airplane, like, hey, I remember a young man I told on an airplane, I just said, hey, man, I'll, I'll just tell you, man, Jesus loves you so much. And uh, he was like, okay, thanks. Like nonchalant. And uh, I was like, cool. Like I just turned around and was ready for my flight. After my flight, he was in the little airway and he was waiting and I walked by and, and I found out he was waiting for me and he, he kind of grabbed me by my arm and it's like, Hey, uh, can I talk to you for a second? I said, yeah, sure. Uh, he said, listen, I, I'm a Christian. He said, uh, but when you told me that Jesus loved me, he said, I think I actually forgot that Jesus loved me. Wow. And so it, it, sometimes it's the most simple things of all that are the most significant and it doesn't, you know, in his initial reaction, I would have never guessed that it would have been that impactful to his life. He was like, mm, okay, like, cool. Like I'm not bothered by that, but you know, sometimes you think if it's super impactful, they should respond, you know, profoundly like, right. Oh my goodness, this is amazing. Like, no, it was just super simple, but it was incredibly impactful um, in, in his life. And so, it's super sweet, man. Super simple obedience is, is key, but you, you're only going to get that when you're living in relationship with the Lord and knowing where he's saying to go. Yeah. I, I like that you just share that because it's like, sometimes we might, we might be like, you know, why are you telling me to do this thing? Or why, why, you know, why? And sometimes we get the answer and sometimes we don't. And we just kind of yeah. have to have this faith of like, I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> and like, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it means something to them and that's <laughs> that work. But yes, 110%. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Like, I feel like we always want to know the answers. Um, but I mean, I met uh, a guy, I did a family shoot the other day, and uh, a guy that I prayed for two years ago. I was like, hey, uh, I wanted to tell you, you prayed for my back. When I prayed for his back initially, you know, nothing changed. He, he was still kind of hurting a little bit. Um, and I was just like, hey, like, I just encouraged him in like the heart of God. And like, listen, I just believe it's God's like will to heal. And uh, I see that in the life of Jesus. Everywhere Jesus went, he healed all their sick. There's not a single person that Jesus didn't heal. Uh, and I'm not trying to create like, reasons why God doesn't or whatever. I'm just, I just know who he is. That's what I'm going after. And uh, just encourage him in like God's heart for him. And two years later, the other day I saw him and we did a photo shoot and he's like, Hey, I just want to let you know. He's like, after you pray for my back, he's like, I, I, I realized he's like, my back doesn't actually hurt anymore. And he's like, and I hadn't heard since. And I'm like, yeah, come on. Yay. Jesus. Isn't that awesome? And I didn't see anything initially happen right there. But two years later, I got to see the snippet of where like God actually did heal his back just because I simply stepped out and prayed. And like, that's pretty, pretty amazing. 
That's cool. Those are always, it does always, it does. I mean, it does always feel good when you hear later, like that actually made a difference. Like that kind of happened where I had a conversation with my best friend, like, gosh, uh, it must've been like five years ago. And, you know, I was trying to encourage him when he was going through something really tough and it, you know, I couldn't on the outside, it looked like nothing was landing and nothing was making a difference. And I remember leaving that conversation being super, um just kind of sad of being like man I wish that that like would have made a difference because I really care you know about him and stuff and he actually just like he kind of brought it up a couple weeks ago and was just like man you know one time we were talking and you said and I can't remember exactly what it was but he said you know the thing that I had said and he's like yeah that really that really made a difference. I was like, oh man, that's great. Cause I had no clue. Like I told yeah. thought that was an utter failure. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. I love how the Lord just uses simple obedience, man. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of like of this conversation, you were talking about being in um South Africa and doing missions yeah. of like how did you end up um doing that like at first? Yeah, great, great. Um, yeah, so uh, initially I was helping serve a ministry and um, got to visit these amazing places. Um, and it was awesome. Awesome. I built amazing, amazing relationships, uh, especially in South Africa and Brazil. Um, I mean, I still have people I consider family in Brazil. I mean, it's amazing. Um, and yeah, I literally was there. Um, the ministry uh, went one direction. We started going a different direction. Um, and so uh, we parted ways and um, just blessed them. They blessed us and it was good. Um, but yeah, man, it was one of those things that um, I really struggled with for a while because I was just like, I felt the Lord tugging my heart to go back. Mm. And, um, and when I say tugging my heart, maybe I should, I don't know, should give more context, at least for me, what it was is like, I would just start having um, like this constant thing of being back in Brazil. Like I would just have these images through my head of going back to Brazil. And it wasn't something I was just like, Oh man, like reminiscing. I would just be driving down the road and all of a sudden I'm just like, have Brazil on my mind again. Uh, I wasn't listening to Brazilian music. I wouldn't do anything crazy. Um, and so I just began engaging with the Lord and talking with him. It's like, Lord, um, is this something you, you, you really want me to do? And um, I just speak to the Lord. And sometimes I get like a really clear answer from him where he'd speak to my heart. And I'm just like, okay. And um, yeah, so there was times I was like, Lord, I, I, I don't have a ministry. I don't have a 501c3. I don't have, I don't have anything like, like I don't have places to speak. I don't have you know, like nothing. You're just asking me to go. And I remember the Lord saying this to me. He said, uh, he said, Hunter, it's better for a man to have one friend in the kingdom of God than a thousand connections in the ministry. Cause connections can be manipulated and it'll be all about you being seen and heard rather than me being manifest and me being made known. And um, that was beautiful 
for me to understand. I just was like, oh my goodness, that's the Lord. Because I don't have that type of wisdom. That stuff doesn't just roll off the tongue for right. me. Um, and so I was just like, man, that's amazing. Thank you, Lord. So um, initially I was there. Um, and like, I would go there, come back, go there, come back. Um, I'd only be there like, you know, from two weeks to a month or so, like it, it wasn't super long, but, um, the first time I stepped out, I literally just like visited some of these same families that I had like built a relationship with over time and still have an amazing relationship. I still talk to them on the phone. Uh, and they're just dear, dear friends. I love talking to them because they genuinely love Jesus. Um, and so it's just, it's a great, great time. Um, but then there was a time when like, I just said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I just had this like sense to go have coffee with pastors. And it was that it was genuinely like the Lord wanted me to build relationships with people and not just build connections so that when I come, you know, you know, you let me speak, you know, the, all this, like, it's kind of the, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. But like that's, stuff gets into ministry man and it's uh it's not the heart of god <laughs> his heart is is for family i mean you think about when you and i are standing before the throne room of god um we're not gonna say we we oh i know so and so we're not i mean there's no denominations there's none of that stuff like it's just gonna be one big family and so that's that's really his heart i believe is is for us that um yeah, really cultivate family. So I, that's why I tell people I'm not interested in uh, connections. I'm, I'm actually interested in building a relationship and building friendship. Um, and that's the same thing I do with my clients. Um, you know, not just people, I'll, I'll take clients out to dinner, you know, and just genuinely have conversations. And I love that. I love that. I've gotten to build amazing relationships with clients. Um, just because of that principle that I really want to build a relationship with them and um, hopefully have been impactful in their life. But uh, it's just been super sweet just getting to know everybody. And um, I can't do that with everybody, unfortunately, but um, the people I fill my heart to do that with, it's, it's been really, really sweet. I love that. How, um, how do you, so kind of, kind of jumping off of that and then kind of fusing that with something you said earlier about excellence. Yeah. Like when you're about to go out and do uh, a photo shoot, what type of like, what are some of the ways I guess that that sort of um, shows up in your, in your photo shoots or in your preparation or in your, just how you approach sort of the craft and the creative act of photography? Yeah. Yeah. Super great. Um, really it really flows from my relationship with the Lord. Like <laughs> basically what we've just been talking about the whole time, relationship with God, really it flows from that place. So, um, you know, I'm just, a lot of times I'll ask the Lord, like how he sees the couple um, or how he sees this person or this family, whatever. Um, and just in relationship with the Lord, sometimes I'll get pictures of, you know, different stuff to do. And so I just try it and, it actually looks great. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Like that's, that's awesome. Um, and I like, that's what my photo shoots look like. It's not, um, 
it's it's very laid back it's very fun and creative and it's not uh very like rigid and, and tight um and so because i'm really desiring to hear god's heart and hear like what he's speaking in my heart or showing me or different stuff like that and just go from there um you know other stuff like I, i'll say like i um i did a posing course with uh, another photographer so I learned like different you know different posing stuff and all that but a lot of what I do now uh, is really uh, evolved from that because I'm not just like standing and posing people a lot of what I do now is more interactive yeah uh, and so we're like running around and so I would say I, I'm more of like a lifestyle or documentary photographer so we're just like moving around and and the the couple uh, or the family is really just more engaged in their time together um, than just uh, being in front of a camera. And then I'm just kind of like running around everywhere, just getting all different angles and taking pictures. And it was really sweet. I had a client say before, she said like, she told, she was with her family. She just totally forgot she was in a photo shoot. Yeah. You know, Cause I'm like, I'll, I'll yell out stuff and direct stuff. But then I'm not even like existent there because I, I don't want to I don't want to be I want them to have that moment together and just enjoy that time together. So, yeah, I mean, that's really what I do. Um, my preparation uh, sense is just really flows from already being in a relationship with God and um, just kind of, yeah, if he wants to put something on my heart for the photo shoot of what it should look like or this or that. Um, I would say too, uh, I also have a form. So when people inquire about me, I get to know a little bit about the person or uh, about the couple or, or family. So when I get to know a little bit about them uh, or, you know, whenever we're, you know, first meeting up and I'm getting to hang out and talk with them, um, I'm kind of also getting like a sense of like the type of people that they are, whether, you know, some people are more laid back, some people are you know, so you kind of get like a sense too of how to, you know, maybe that maybe this one's going to be more like playful or this one's going to be, you know, kind of more reserved, like this person's more reserved, but like really just kind of um, really trying to capture those moments as people are. Yeah. Um, and just where it's, you see their personalities, you see their emotions. Um, but also creating a space where they can be themselves. So sometimes people are just reserved because they're in front of people. Um, and I found that too, because I've seen people that are just kind of like, you know, kind of just like quiet, but then we're like running through the dunes and they're like laughing hysterically. That's amazing to me. I love those moments because that's really them. You know, they like, they're really playful. Like a couple I shot today, you know, uh, one of the things that I told them to do was like, okay, Hey, like, like put your faces close together, go forehead to forehead. And so they're like laughing hysterically. Cause the husband's like, you look like Cyclops, like your eyes are like, all together, you know, like, and it's just like, it's at first they were quiet and then they're just like erupting in laughter because it's just like silliness. Right. So they, you just create a space um, where they can just be themselves. And to me, that's more valuable than, than anything is, is you actually having, um, you know, these, 
memories um, where it's it's you being you and it's not you know a, a fake version of you it's it's really you and so a lot of the you know the way that we shoot uh, our whole motto is capturing through the lens of love and so it's really capturing through the father's perspective um, and doesn't mean we all have to be the same or look the same but we all have access to him and we all have access to the same freedom. Um, he really does love us. I, I, I found that's the key, Alex, like probably the biggest thing in my life is understanding that he loves me uh, and he's not upset with me. And um, when people see their photos, they're almost all the time are just like, man, these are absolutely amazing. Like, wow. Like I didn't even know I could look like this. And it's one of those things that's just like, man, and this is exactly how the father sees you because people, people look at themselves in the mirror and they don't see somebody that's worthy of love. And they feel like they have to change all these different things to be worthy of love. Um, I've had people ask me to Photoshop this and Photoshop that I tell people, I don't even use Photoshop. Like I don't, I don't that's serious. I don't use it. Um, and because it's a disservice to how God's created you. Uh, and ultimately the only reason why they're asking those things is because they, they think that if those things change, then they will be more lovable or more valuable. And my, my heart is just to communicate the heart of God that like, you're actually beautiful and love just the way you are, just how he's made you right now. I love that. Do people come to you a lot, like with questions, getting ready for a photo shoot of like, like often preoccupied with some of those things, like what, what should I wear? How should I stand? Or is that, is that common or rare? Um, it used to be more common. Uh, so I um, just try to create this wardrobe guide. So it would really help answer a lot of those questions on the front end. Um, yeah, I have to look back. I think my wardrobe guide is like 33 pages. It's, wow. it's like a lot, it's a lot, but it literally will answer like most of, if not all of your questions about that. Um, and so I, I stopped getting a lot more, uh, or stopped getting a lot of those, uh, questions because, um, yeah, I just gave people a wardrobe guide to where it answered a lot of those questions. So if they were thinking, and it also has, images of what I'm talking about. So it actually, I'm a very um, kinesthetic and visual learner, right? So I can read something, I can hear something, but for me, I, I also need to see it. So um, just trying to tackle that for some people too. I feel like you can read, you know, soft neutrals or, or something like that and make sure that your colors don't clash, you know, to the background uh, too harshly. Um, and you can read that and be like, okay, but what does that actually look like? Like for me, if I didn't see a picture, I would Google it that I would be like, you know, how to make sure your colors don't clash in the background. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. But if I have an image, then I understand like, oh, OK, I see what they're saying. And so it just just helps. So creating something like that, like a wardrobe guide uh, with common questions from your clients um, and giving them a good understanding of what you're looking for really helps the process of um the session and really helps them to be more relaxed, more comfortable, and really ultimately where they open up and are just themselves. Yeah. 
I don't know. That's a, that's just a genius idea, obviously. Yeah. Cause then you kind of get in front of it and then people feel prepared and safe and ready to go. And photo shoots are at least from my experience, like one of those things that you, I mean, people are either extremely comfortable with or very awkward and still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, but your wife does amazing work, man. She does. She, Jackie's rocking it, man. I, I, I love her stuff. I will pass that along to her. Yeah, it's it's fun, man. It's it's a cool, it's a cool craft, and I love watching like what you guys are doing with it, and yeah, seeing seeing yeah. the impact that it has on on people is so. It's, I'm learning more about that every time I see you know an end result of, of a photo shoot because it's not something that I I haven't got pictures of myself taking a ton. Like I love photography i used to like take a bunch of pictures and stuff as a kid and i yeah that's awesome stuff but my sort of calling was in another direction so i kind of just did that for fun but yeah it's cool to see i love what you said about um when people get their pictures back um and seeing like seeing themselves accepting themselves and like Mm. like you were saying like through the lens of love seeing them and you saying like well this is how god sees you like i never thought about it from that perspective of like how powerful that is when you see you see like a an external version of how other people see you and how like how god sees you and you're like oh, i never saw myself like that before like that's tremendously powerful i love yeah that. it it really is man and it it really is an honor to be able to present that to people because um you know what we do we really capture for a lifetime. Like I have some wedding photos right here. I've been editing, you know, and so these photos will be remembered like for the rest of their life. And they'll probably, you know, show their kids, their grandkids, you know, and and so on and so forth. And so it's like, you know, this is really like, if you create a strong message, at least that's the way that I want to, do photography at least the way i feel god's led us and calling us to do photography is not just to take cool pictures but to communicate uh, a message and essentially the gospel like how god sees people um and when we understand that we're loved by him and like that's the first thing is first understanding that he loves us he's not upset he's not frustrated he loves us um then it leads us to this place of like okay he loves me. Now what? It's he loves you and he's actually called you higher. He's called you to live different than how you were once living. You die to that old life, his death, your baptism. You're raised into new life. You're filled with his spirit, empowered to manifest and reveal his image and no longer your own. He says, you know, he's going to send the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter one uh, and then into two, but in chapter one, he says, you know, you'll receive power when the Holy spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. That means that we're revealing Christ, that you'll be my witnesses throughout Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so the Holy spirit is the one who actually empowers us to look like Jesus and not, not just sound like him. If we just sound like him, that means that, um, we've obtained, um, you know, a informational knowing of God 
but we don't have a relation relational knowing of God. Um, that Greek word is gnosko. It's it's an experiential knowledge. Like we haven't experienced him and known him. Uh, and we were talking on the phone about that. And that's how a lot of people, uh, and myself included, that's how I lived. It would be like if I came to your house and was like, hey, Alex, um, you know, I really want to play basketball. You're like, dude, I love basketball. I absolutely, I know every statistic about basketball. And you're just naming off every shot that Steph Curry has ever made. You're just telling me all these statistics. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. You like basketball. I like basketball. Awesome. Like, uh, sweet bro. Uh, you want to go shoot some hoops? You, you got a ball? No, I don't, I don't have a ball. Oh, okay. No, no, that's cool. It's cool. Um, I mean, I, I guess I can go get one. Do, do you have a hoop? No, I don't have a basketball hoop, but I love basketball and start telling me all the statistics. Like, cool. Do you have, do you have, do you have Jays? Do you like you you like shoot like basketball shoot? No, I don't have any basketball shoes, but I love playing basketball. It's like I don't think you do. <laughs> like, and so what happens is is we have, if we're not careful, we'll just get all this information and not ever have revelation of the love that he has for us, but this also the love that he's created for us to be in the earth. Like he's created us to look like him in the earth like in the beginning god created man and woman in his likeness and his image dude that was super powerful to me because in the old testament you know when it says that god did not desire for them to have no other gods no other carved images because jesus in colossians jesus is the image of the invisible god that's why they didn't he didn't want carved images because it would be jesus Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus, Philip said, you know, Jesus, show us the father. Jesus said to Philip, he said, Philip, haven't you been with me this entire time? If you've seen me, you've seen the father. Like it's him. So you and I, whenever, whenever we came to Christ, Jesus reconciled us back to the father. He redeemed us. That word redeem is to be bought back or brought back to original value. So he brought us back to the beginning, like back to the garden before sin ever even entered our life to corrupted our life and, and brought us to a place of death. Like he restored us completely made us whole. And I love that. That's what the word saved means in the Greek. It means to be, uh, to be delivered, to be rescued, to be preserved and made completely whole and kept safe and sound. That's what the word saved means. <laughs> I love that. And what I love it, one of the many things that I love about that is that that's an experience and it's so much more than, like you said, a memorized knowing the right words or knowing all of these spiritual sounding things or sort of this language. And I think like that is unfortunately co some more common than I think we all wish. And I mean, and I, we've all done our fair share of it, right? So that's not said yeah, yeah, yeah. judgment or anything like that, but just an observation of like, yeah, when I was living like that from my mind and just saying all what I thought I was supposed to say and like to sound super Christian and like I was this super good person and all that stuff, like number one, like it didn't feel good to me. It isn't fulfilling, but right. also that's what rubs people the wrong way and makes people hate Christian. 110%. Is because there's a bunch of us running around, not understanding, not having been delivered from the things that we're doing. And um, it's so powerful when like, like what you were describing, like 
if if I when I was living in the the intellect was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm supposed to go around and tell people Jesus loves you. If I go around and do that, but my heart is the same. People want to punch me in the face, right? But then when you say the same thing, but you're in, you know, like the Holy Spirit told you to do that and you actually like mean it, people respond to that completely different than other. At least that's my observation is that I 110%. Yeah. Yeah, dude, 110%. I've I've seen people like that. um, Lily was at Publix um, and I was walking back to my car and just saw this lady and for me sometimes what happened it happened it's it's not like you can pinpoint like one specific way and it's like it's always going to happen this way right but for me like all of a sudden it was like this love for this lady welled up in my heart like and i just shouted at her i, shouted, I was like i say hey ma'am and and she looked at me <laughs> i was like I want to tell you, Jesus loves you so much, girl. I just feel so much love in my heart for you. He loves you so much. And she's like, okay, thank you. And I was like, yeah, you're welcome. I was like, good night. You're like, have a great night. And um, didn't think anything of it. And um, I think it was like a month later or so, I had a friend um, come up to this coffee shop and we we're talking and she was like, my daughter is coming back to church. And she said, this random bearded man at Publix told her that Jesus loved her. And I, was like, I think it was you. And I was like, it probably was. No <laughs> way. Dude, it was just crazy. Because again, like it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, like you can just say something like, Hey, like Jesus, Hey, like Jesus loves you. Jesus. Like, Jesus loves you all, all you want, but what he, I think what speaks louder than, and not just saying that we shouldn't, like, we can't say that or shouldn't say that, but what speaks louder is when you and I model the love of Christ in the earth. And a lot of people struggle with understanding what love is um, because we just have this cultural mindset of love is just a you know, affectionate, right. you know, I'm, I'm loving you, um, you know, or I'm just trying to be nice to you. I'm loving you. Um, but the Greek word for love is in the Greek, there's seven different, uh, but the one that Jesus really emphasizes is agape. And uh, everybody just says agape is unconditional love. That's what we always heard. But if you look at it um, and do your own study and, and really look into it, the Greek word for uh, is, is agape, but agape means um, divine preference. It is always about God's preference and not your own. And you can only understand God's divine preference through relationship with him. That's I've never heard that. Yeah, that's dude. It's super sweet. Yeah, I, I use a, an interlineal Bible, so it takes the original language and then it, it'll break it down. And um it's really, really beautiful. So it's about um, God's preference and not mine. And God prefers people. He, he prefers people. So it's putting someone else's needs above my own. And that's when I'm walking in love. For example, you'll never see Jesus ever live self-centered. You'll never see him thinking and living for himself. 
not not in the equation. He's not cooped up in a tent. Like I don't want to go talk to the Pharisees today. Like I just can't. They just they keep talking bad about me. I just I'm can't even with these people. Like you don't ever see him do that, right? And it's the reason why Jesus says to us, if any man desires to come after me, he must first deny himself, pick up his cross daily and follow me. The first thing in following Jesus is denying yourself. Why? Because you were never created for you. You were always created for him in his image and his love. And the best part is that like, that's where the life is because it's like it's so easy to read that um and i've had stages in my life where i read it like oh deny myself my life's gonna suck now because i have to do all this you know like if, if you're yeah. in that bad state and not really connected to the reality of it it comes off as like oh i can't do all this stuff i want to do and i'm gonna constantly but like when it's real and you actually do it it's funny because it's like by denying yourself and living the way God wants us to and like actually literally allowing our heart to like break and help these other people all of a sudden I'm fulfilled too you know yeah. so it's that paradox of like by being empty and going out and really doing that stuff oh and 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 we're healed in the process yeah <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful it's, side side effect it's, and yeah. it, it's true it's great and and there's a difference too because it were true love and walking in love requires relationship with God. Um, because if you do it outside of relationship with God, you might as well call yourself a Hindu because the Hindus believe that um, very much in self-denial. So just because you believe in self-denial doesn't mean that like you're following Jesus. Like you can deny yourself and not be a follower of Jesus. But the emphasis of what Jesus is teaching and what he's talking about is to truly live how I was always created to live, I first need to be connected to God. And then in through that connection, living in a way that is, isn't actually for myself, like how Paul says, he says, it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me, right? So it's, it's no longer counting your life as your own. Like, I, I'm not living for myself. I'm not waking up to just you know, make my day better. I'm waking up to be with him. And this is the thing that I found too, because, um, you know, just like I mentioned, Hinduism or any other religion or belief system, it changes the external. Um, an atheist can read a self-help book and learn to manage their anger. That only changes the outward, but it doesn't actually change anything inwardly. The thing that I found about Jesus is that he actually goes in you and changes everything on the inside of you, your DNA and how you've responded all your life. That stuff just gets completely just reprogrammed. And it's amazing. And I mean, like for myself, I used to be extremely rageful, angry, cussed you out. I was as mean as a rattlesnake. And um, I'm just super chill. <laughs> Even people around me, they're just like, dude, you're, you're just like, so full of love, so full of, and I'm just like, dude, I, I'm in relationship with God. And that's really where we get changed again, is just through relationship with him. Um, he really does come on the inside and change us from the inside. He's not just interested in us just learning principle and just trying to apply principle to our life. And I've heard a lot of people talk about that. And, 
you know, just, just life application. Um, I really need to take what I'm reading from God's word and I need to talk to him about it and really allow what I'm reading and the truth of what I'm reading to sink deep here. And the only way it gets here in my heart is through just talking to him about what I'm reading and, and literally sometimes just declaring that truth, like, no, God, like you're not upset with me. You love me for, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. Like you love me. So you sent your son for me, man. Like I'm not a throwaway. Like you love me. Like I'm not trash to you. You're not upset. You love me. You've been chasing me down this whole time. Thanks for loving me. Like you see what I'm saying? And all of a sudden now that truth that he loves me just sinks deeper and deeper in my heart. And it just gets more rooted and grounded in my heart and just living every day like that then that thing just becomes solidified. It's, it's pretty great. Yeah. And it, yeah, you just, it wells up and it just, just comes out. Oh, um, yeah. you shared most of it with me the other day, but if you're open to it, I'd love to hear again, cause it, cause it's powerful. Like the story of how you really came to God and all the things that he saved you from in, in that experience. Cause I think it'll help people also get um, yeah. kind of context too, for your perspective. Bro. It's, it's really, really sweet. So I, uh, I, I grew up in church my whole life. Um, you know, had a, you know, Christian home, went to church every time the doors were open and, um, was great, man. Like it was, it was good. But again, I just had information. Like I knew the scriptures. I went to a church where I was bred on the scriptures. I knew scripture backwards and forwards. Um, and so throughout my life, you know, I had, you know, started making money and through making money, I started making wrong decisions, got into drugs, sleeping around, like all kinds of just craziness, man. Um, and just buying stuff and thought that stuff would really going to work in my life and be great or make me happy. Um, and it's really interesting because ultimately when I was alone, um, I knew deep down, this isn't who I am. And, uh, Alex, I really believe every single person comes to that place in their life where they realize that the things that they're doing isn't okay. And they're not really made for that. Um, it's not who they are. And they don't know why they're living that way. They don't know why they're saying those things or doing those things. And they know it's not who they are. Um, and they see their need for change. Um, but what happens is because we don't have the answer, um, a lot of times what people do is they identify with those emotions or reactions or feelings or whatever. And they just say, well, this is just who I am. There's no, I don't have another answer. So this is just who I am. So we identify with it. Right. But um, which isn't the case, which is why you and I have to be living the truth and walking in love so that people have an answer. Um, but man, I, I'd stay up and I'm just like, man, this isn't okay. This isn't even who I am, but I just kept shoving that down deeper and deeper and still playing face for friends. Um, it's so funny. Later in life, I found out that all my friends were doing the same thing. They you didn't actually know. No, yeah. And I really believe um, God is going to begin just absolutely 
uh, wrecking house parties because people, I'm not joking too dead soon because there's going to be people that are just going to be like, I'm so done with this. This is empty. Why are we even doing this? Like people are going to start speaking out. Um, but we were all thinking the same thing. We're like, why are we doing this? And it was just like, but everybody else is smiling, quote unquote, everybody else is smiling. Everybody else is having fun. So we just like shove that voice like down and we just play face for everybody. But we're all thinking the same thing. And so um, I'm praying for like worship, like just straight revival to break out in house parties. That'd be awesome. Um, that's what I'm believing for. Um, but yeah, no. So I, that was really my journey. So I just like got into drugs and got into just, just wild living, just backwards living. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much of the story you want to hear, but um, I, I had somebody really show me the love of Christ that it really impacted me a lot. Um, I don't know why I just feel led to share that, but um, his name is uh, coach Edwards. He was uh, a professor and football coach at my uh, university uh, that I was going to in Arkansas. And um, man, I remember just like being lost and um, getting into drugs and different stuff like this. And just like, Oh man, it was just gnarly. And I remember uh, coach Edwards would shoot me an email and he was like, Hey, we're having a Bible study at my house. We'd love for you to be there. And uh, I just wouldn't, I just ghosted him. I just wouldn't respond. And uh, every week he would send me an email and ask me. And one week, I don't even know why I just responded. I was like, dude, you do not want me at your Bible study. Like you don't want me there. Like I've like done drugs. I've dealt with drugs. Like I just like, I'm just not a good person, man. And uh, he just, I just remembered his email, man. He was just like, man, like, I'm not bothered by any of that. Uh, I'd really love to have you. Like um, my wife will be there. Like she makes cookies. I was sold on cookies. I was like, yeah, I'm there. So, but it was amazing, man. And um, I mean, I got to, you know, meet his wife, got to interact with his kids and like all this stuff. And um, he just, he just like took the time uh, to invite me into his home. And really loved me, even though I didn't feel like I was worthy of love. When and, when he sent that email, sorry, I yeah yeah, I just have a, like a burning question about that. Like when he yeah. sent you that email and you read it, what was that like? Did you believe him or did you brush it off as like that's what you're supposed to say or like what was that like? Yeah, I think at first it was kind of like, yeah, all right, whatever, dude. Like it wasn't like any, it wasn't like oh my goodness like i'm like so worthy of love yeah. what, what was more profound to me was him opening up his home and letting me interact with his family like and not treating me any different from any of the other students like even though he knew that about me yeah so again that goes back to what we were talking about that it it's you, like you can just say like jesus loves you but it's it's more profound at least um what I think is like, it's, it's really profound whenever we're walking in love and people see the love of Christ through the way that we're living and interacting with each other. And that's when people are really impacted and they're like, okay, like I can see something different in your life. And um, yeah, like 
Jesus has to be real because he lives inside of, inside of you. Like that's, that's like the golden like reward right there for me. Just like I had a lady tell me that before. And that was just like the sweetest thing on earth. Like that somebody saw Jesus in my life. Um, that's like a huge reward. I don't need anything else from that. For somebody to see, see that Jesus has to be real because of the way that I live. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So I'm sorry for interrupting. The- no, 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 it's, it's perfect. It's perfect because it really ties into everything we're talking about. But um, yeah. um, Yeah. So, I mean, I literally just like, he just took the time with me. I remember a time I didn't, um, I didn't pray over my meal before I ate. So I ate it and I was like, Oh my goodness, I didn't pray over my meal. I just felt so guilty. Like it was like super Christian type thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, Oh man, I didn't pray over my meal. Like God's probably so upset with me. Um, and yeah, dude, just like, it's one of those things I talked to coach Edwards and he was like, he's like, Hunter, you can pray before your meal, during your meal, or even after meal. He's like, you can talk to God wherever you're at. And that was super significant for me. Um, because of the way that he loved me, he had a, like, he had a voice in my life. If that makes sense. Like sometimes I think we just think we can just tell people whatever, but not ever walk in love. It's kind of like you just telling them like random facts in the Bible. And they're like, uh, okay, like that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't mean anything to me well like you haven't really like spent time with that you haven't like really revealed the love of christ to them just shouting verses at people is respectfully not not probably not gonna change people's life dramatically or really where they encounter god um but um it, it may and i'm not saying that that's necessarily wrong um you know if you're just like sharing verses with people great um but really people need to encounter Jesus through the way that you live, not just hear the stuff that you're saying. So, um, yeah, but man, it was just really impactful for me to hear that because I literally left the classroom and I was just walking to my next class and talking to God for the first time, like on a walk where I wasn't just talking to God, you know, before I went to bed and over my meals, I was actually talking to him out loud like as I was walking to class and just like this is amazing like I never understood I never knew that I could talk to God like that so that's that's really where it began and um you know started this journey and got caught up with the wrong friends got back into drugs again um and really ended up on my floor was drugged out and just yeah, I was just on my floor and I, I cried out to God and I said, God, I know you can't love me for the things that I've done. I know you can't forgive me for what I've done. I said, but um, I'm prepared to burn in hell for all eternity. Um, and yeah, I know you can't love me or forgive me, but I'm going to get off this floor and I'm going to try to follow you because if I try to follow you, at least I can look myself in the mirror and be okay. And what I believed about myself was I believed I was like a stray dog to God. And I was like, Hey, listen, I know you, you don't, you're not even going to want to put up with me, but you're going to have to. And in the end you can kick me into the hell fire all you want, but like, I'm not going anywhere. Cause 
everything that I've lived and everything that I've pursued um, has led me like right here where it's like the biggest zero of my life. All my friends that I thought I had gone, all the, you know, girls I thought I had gone, all the money I thought I had gone, like nothing, 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 big zero in my life. Um, and so all I had to like was to turn back to God and I was like, all right, like I'm just here for the long run and you just put up with me until then. And um, I found out that was a complete lie, a complete lie, man. He already loved me and he already forgave me. Um, and he really began revealing that to me through, um, through his word. But initially it was this encounter I had where I was in my apartment on my college campus and I was just walking through my apartment and uh, it was just like this um, gentle little thought went right through my heart. And um, it just said, Hunter, do you believe you're a Christian? And I don't know how to tell you. I grew up in church where I only heard the name Holy Spirit, you know, twice, 21 years ago in church. So like I had no grid for what was happening. I was taught God doesn't speak today. Nothing. I don't, so I have no idea what's happening, but I knew that it was the Lord. I can't tell you how. I just knew it was the Lord. I said, yes, Lord, I believe I'm a Christian. I know I've done a lot wrong, but I believe I'm a Christian. And um, he spoke to me again, just right through my heart. And he just said, Hunter, you've only known about me, but you don't truly know me. And when he said that, and now I know it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. But when he said that, my eyes, like everything went white. Um, and I didn't know what was happening. I had no context, no grid, nothing. Nobody taught me nothing. I just was like, okay, I don't know what's happening. But I went into what I now know was a vision. And I saw Jesus everywhere. And I saw him sitting in a coffee shop with a young man that everybody thought was annoying and weird. He always was on his uh, iPad playing Minecraft and showing people the different worlds he created. I loved hanging out with him. Um, but I, I saw Jesus having coffee with him and laughing with him instead of laughing at him. I mean, people hated being around. Jesus was like spending time with this guy and loving every minute of it. I saw him uh, paying for people's coffee. I saw him go over and hug people who just needed a hug. Um, and I saw him walking with uh, a teacher and they were just talking to him and he didn't, he was just listening. He didn't say anything at all. He just listened to him. Um, and I was just like broke down, like crying and just like, Jesus, I don't know you, but I need to. Um, yeah. And so that really began my journey of like, I actually had hunger to get into the word of God. Um, and I just like fell in love with Jesus where it wasn't like Jesus wasn't a fictional character anymore. He became very, very real to me. And so that really began my journey of just like truly knowing the Lord. Uh, and that's where I started literally just reading the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew, Mark for five years, dude. I just was like, I have to know you. I don't know you, but I need to like, and so I just got to know him as a person and, He's pretty amazing, man. Thanks for sharing all that, man. And yeah, open about all that happened. And that's oh, for sure. That's amazing. That's like, was it to, um, was it 
so profound that you immediately were able to drop like the and i'm not saying you immediately became perfect right so that's not what i'm trying to hit nah. one of those and <laughs> hey, hunter's immediately perfect now yeah no. um was it one of the like was it did you immediately drop like the drinking the sleeping around the dr like was it was it that kind of encounter where you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going back to this stuff. And obviously, like I said, I'm sure you there's obviously still stuff that we all still struggle with, but yeah, right, right. You're profound enough to like knock you out of that lifestyle permanently. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say, um, yes, there was still stuff that I was like, that he was making me aware of that was like, Hey, uh, you know, Paul writes in Colossians, he, he is encouraging us to grow in the knowledge of Christ and grow into the image of Christ. So I feel like there were still places. I'm still, I'm still growing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not um, a, a finished work here um, by any means, but I, I'm still growing and learning uh, to know him and, and growing in his image. But yeah, there was a point where I, um, you know, after this, I'm in my, you know, apartment and I get roomed. I'm not even an athlete, but I'm in an athlete's apartment. All my roommates, um, I think there was like six roommates in like one apartment, like it's like this shared like suite or whatever. But um, yeah, they're like basketball players and golfers. And I'm like, and I'm put in there with them. And first night, the guy, you know, this guy's like, bro, we're so going out. We're getting drunk, you know, all this stuff, da, 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 just talking about this party. He's like, are you going with us? And uh, I, up until that point, I had always kind of been hesitant to really tell people um, that I was like a Christian. I mean, I, I did when I was younger and, and in high school, I did. But then, like, it kind of fell away from that because I just saw people, the peer pressure of just kind of like, Oh, dude, we're not going to hang out with him, you know, or whatever. And so I hadn't really shared with people that I was a Christian. So I, I just thought I was like, Hey man, uh, I always thought people were going to like, just lash out and be like, Oh, look at you, you know, say yeah. something smart or whatever. But ultimately I just told him, I was like, Hey bro. Um, I said, you know, I, I used to be about that life and, and do all that. I was like, but, um, I gave my life to Jesus, man. I'm, I'm not going back. And <laughs> He literally looked at me and he was like, I totally respect that man. Cool. He said, no, that, that's cool. And um, this big Russian dude comes in behind me on the basketball team. Just like, dude, we're going to get drunk. Da, da, da. Like, are you coming? And uh, I never had to say that I was a Christian again. So this guy speaks up for me. He's like, no, bro, he's a Christian. He's cool. And the Russian guy looks at me. He's like, that's cool, man. I respect that. I was like, hey, listen, um, here's my number. Um, I'll be a DD. See, sometimes people think like you just cut yourself completely off from people. Like, yeah, you can't be the lie of the world if you're hiding in your room. Like, right. respectfully, <laughs> if you can't, yeah, if you don't, yeah. So I was just like, listen, here's my number. I'll be a DD. Like, you guys just like be safe. But like, if you like, please don't drive. Like, if you guys need a ride, here's my number. Call me. I'll come pick you guys up. They're like, sweet. Within like a month. Um, I remember they were like gathering around the kitchen table while I was there and asking me how to get off of drugs and how to get out of this life. And uh, I remember I had um, actually a roommate um, who actually had stuff on him and who ended up flushing it. Um, and so it was just like, 
it was just awesome, man, because, um, yeah, I just like started just really like li living this thing and walking it out, not just talking about it. Uh, I would say probably one of the biggest significant moments, obviously, that was really when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, nobody taught me about any of this, like nothing. I I went to a church of Christ. They don't even believe that that stuff happens. Um, but I was in my car one day waiting for the coffee shop to open up. Listen, if I'm up before a coffee shop opens up, guys, if you're up before a coffee shop is up, you got a problem. You don't, you don't need coffee. You need help. <laughs> Like, yeah. So listen, I'm waiting for this coffee shop to open up because uh, I need caffeine um, first thing in the morning as a college student, getting my day started. Um, but anyway, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm waiting to um, wait for this coffee shop and I see, you know, people coming out of their dorms and walking down and all this. And as I'm looking at them, it, it's almost like the Lord just pulled back uh, this veil so that I could just see people. And um, I just saw people that just had these smiles on their face, but inside, like inwardly, they were just empty. And um, I just began crying out to God in my car and just told God, I said, God, I don't want to be like your other children. Um, I, I, I want a fire that will mark the world. So don't just give me a fire. Get, I just thought, what's the next biggest thing? Give me a bonfire. Give me that put a bonfire in my heart, like just set me on fire and just let me loose. And, um, buddy, did he do that? I mean, he <laughs> just like, I'm literally in my car and, um, I just felt this warmth come over me. And that's when I believe I was just, uh, filled with the Holy spirit. I asked him and he filled me. And ever since then, never, never was the same. I, I remember one point, my parents, I was talking to my parents on the phone and they, they asked me what drug I was on now. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not, I'm not even high. Like I'm, I'm high on Jesus. Like that's, that's it. But it was just really sweet, man, because the Lord really did like, like significantly change my life. I mean, like 180 degrees. I mean, totally. Um, and like, obviously, like what you said, like, we're all still growing and learning. Um, but yeah, it was pretty, pretty significant because I, it's like when you encounter the Lord and you see the truth of something, you look back at what you did and you don't know how you did it. Like, you don't know even why you would do that again. You're like that. It becomes like, almost like disgusting to you, you know, like, um, just like a silly example. I remember I used to eat like Taco Bell all the time, you know, as a college student, it's like, dude, it's cheap, easy, whatever. Had a dorm mom that sent me an article on Taco Bell and all this stuff that, you know, how they make their food. Never went to Taco Bell again. Yeah. Right. Like I, I know the lie, like I, and I now know the truth. The truth has set me free. I'm not going back. So it's like, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's still the example, but it's the truth because whenever you see something for what it really is, then you realize, oh, like this actually is killing me on the inside. It's not even what I was created for. And if I continue living in it, it just, 
makes me feel empty and it makes me like, yeah, people, people, people say that in the sense that like, man, I feel like God's a million miles away and he's really not. He's, he's very present. He's very real. He's right there with us. That's why his name's Emmanuel, God with us. Um, but what happens is, is we become more aware of what we desire and what we want, our preference, rather than becoming more aware of him. Uh, and so in those moments, we're not really aware of the Lord's presence and, and him being present right there with us. We're more aware of uh, our innate desire to pursue, you know, whatever it is. And so it, it really, we get lost in this sense of self selfishness of just pursuing what I want. And, but when you see, uh, when that veil gets lifted and you just see the lie of what all that stuff is and how it's destroying your life, then you're just like, I don't really want to do that anymore. Like, that's actually disgusting. Like, I don't want to do that. So, yeah, sins like Taco Bell. So don't, just don't go back. <laughs> it's totally, yeah. When you, when you really, really see that stuff for what it is, you're totally right. Like, there's a point where, I mean, even things sort of like seemingly unrelated, like your, you know, your Taco Bell example. It's like I'm, I'm trying to think back of like, I was telling somebody the other day, I ate so bad. I used to eat Taco Bell two times a day, like, I, you know, well, we need to pray for you, candy, all this stuff, right in high school, and um, you know, just awful. And I, I literally thought that headaches were like a cold that you just catch a headache, and so like I. I'd have headaches and be like, why? Like, oh, I have a headache. I'm going to go take an ibuprofen. And it never occurred to me that I was causing headaches. Mm. Same with stomach aches. Like every night I had acid reflux. I had a stomach ache. I had all this stuff. Right. Like in college, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I like changed how I ate for like a month. Oh, I think it was because my brother had a bunch of food allergies and I wanted to see what it was like. So I tried eating like him for a month to just really empathize. And I started feeling different i was like i don't have a headache i don't have a stomach ache and then yeah then you you can't go back and you're totally right like like to to bring it back to the spiritual context that you're sharing yeah it's like oh, yeah you see that like or like when i saw all of the unhealthy ways i was trying to find fulfillment uh when you when i really saw like this will never work yeah, it's, it becomes almost impossible to do those things anymore because it's just like, oh, I know I know what this is. like, And I've tried this so many times and there is no way it's going to work anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. And I think the only times we ever really go back to those things is because we're just simply not like aware of him. Like I was saying, like not aware of him or not um intentional in our relationship with him um and when we're not intentional in our relationship with him we become really insecure with our identity like if i'm not secure here i really become insecure this way and mm. so it's like oh like what's the point might as well you know it's oh, kind of yeah. like might as well indulge might as well do the, you know this this kind of like i don't even know what it would be a nice word but like there's just this genuine where it's just like uh, who cares? Like, I just go do it anywhere. Like, it doesn't really matter, you know, that kind of mentality. And that's where it becomes very, very destructive because then we're back and living how we used to live. Um, but it's important to know that, like, 
God hasn't changed his mind about you. And right. when you come back to him, like, obviously he's like, Hey, this isn't what I actually created you for. Um, and same thing with our, like my girls, uh, when one of my daughters responds like a certain way, one of the things we do is like, you know, just sit her down and talk to her and like, baby girl, this isn't even who you are. Like, this isn't what you're created for. Like, you're created to respond with gentleness and kindness um, and, and just reaffirming how God's created her instead of telling her she's bad or, you know, whatever. So just reaffirming how God's created. Her. It's the same thing like God desires to do to us as well. It's like, hey, I never actually created you for this. I've, I've created you for me and my image and this is what I look like. And so it's one of those things where um, even in my walk with him, I found that a lot of times I couldn't receive that because I didn't, I didn't believe that in my heart. Like I believe God was upset with me. So I ran from him, but when I understood that he loved me, I could actually run to him, receive that correction, receive that discipline. He says in his word, he only disciplines those he loves. So when I receive that discipline, I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. Thanks so much, dad. Like, yeah, sorry. Like I just took like, or you, you know, sometimes you just slip up and make a wrong turn or just say something, you know, off the wall or whatever. And it's just like, Oh, that was not cool. You know, obviously make it right with the people you've said stuff to and then like go for the Lord and just like, Lord, that was so not okay. And man, I'm telling you, the Lord will just like totally embrace you. Totally love you. Like sometimes I've, I've met people, Alex, that are just like struggling in their relationship with God because they've, you know, they've missed it. And they're like, man, God, there's no way God will take me back. You know, like, I was doing good for so long and now, you know, I've slipped up, whatever. It's like, no, dude, like he loves you. Like you're his kid. Like you're his son. You're his daughter. Like he's not going anywhere. Just cause my, just cause my kids, you know, spill their juice doesn't mean they're any less my kids. Like, obviously, like I don't want them spilling juice everywhere. Like, but like, I still love them. Like, and I'm going to encourage them and how, not to spill juice next time, you know, put it in a cup that has a lid, you know, like, yeah. you know, so like, I'm still going to instruct them, but I'm not upset. Like they're no less my kids still love them. Right. So it's the same part of the father where he wants to communicate that and like, Hey, this just isn't who you are, but like, you, you don't have to run from me. Like you can still come to me. Um, and dude, I had a really great example of that where the Lord really made that clear in my heart because um, I had a daughter that just really young, but, you know, wet the bed, whatever, cried and, uh, went in to, to clean her up and take care of her and, um, wiped her down all the fun stuff and, um, was getting her ready to go back to bed. But, um, I said, come here, baby, come give daddy a hug. And she kind of like leaned and I, I had just wiped. I mean, she's like clean, 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 clean. She's so clean, but she kind of like reached over and kind of just hugged me right here. And, and I said, girl, and I looked at her and I held her face and I looked her in the eyes. I said, girl, you're clean. Come here and give your daddy a hug. And she came, she came in close and gave me a hug. And man, if we would just hear that and really it, like really hear that from the father's heart, man, you're clean. Like come here and give your dad a hug. Like, like, just let me love you. Like, I'm not upset like you think I am. Like, I actually love you. And so, yeah, 
it's it's really sweet, man. It's really sweet when we live from that perspective and actually believe it. 